Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff, and I appreciate you listening in. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. Uh, we got a couple of interviews for you to listen into today. The first, had a chance to catch up with Richard LeCount, the new Cleveland Browns rookie out of Georgia and Liberty County. 912 stand up. Uh, Richard talked to us while he was going through rookie mini camp via Zoom. So uh, here's a listen to our conversation. How's Cleveland going so far? Uh, it's been great. I can't complain. Uh, I've been up here probably about a week and a half. Uh, I, you know, I've been having a great time. Our, uh, our Cleveland station sent us some video of you out at rookie mini camp and stuff. Um, yeah. How are you? How are you feeling, health-wise and stuff? Recovering from your accident? I mean, you seem you look like you're doing all right out there. Oh yeah, I feel great, man. Um, it's probably you know the, the first time since my accident that I actually feel 100% moving around, doing things. So I'm I feel pretty confident in my movements. I feel better. Good, glad to hear it. Um, what, what was it like getting the call uh, during the draft, and wh- what did they say? Um, it was just, it was very exciting, you know, just, um, you know, kind of relieved, but um, at the same time, knowing that it's, it's, it's time to amp up the work a little bit more, um, you know, they uh, they called, you know, said they, they were happy to have me. I was happy to be a part of the organization. And, you know, ever since then, it's been on up, on uh, the up. Were you with your family when you got the call? Yeah, um, I was actually, you know, we had um, a nice little brunch. Um, my All my brothers and sisters was home, and all my family was uh, there. A lot of my nieces and nephews was there also. Uh, so we had, like, a little mini cookout in the yard, had a little brunch that morning. We had a good time. How special was that to be able to be with everybody, especially after the last year when we kind of had to be away from loved ones some? How special was that to have everybody there for that? Um, it was it was definitely you know exciting. Um, like I said, man, I, I enjoy myself more, you know, uh, as I you know, because it's really been that's really been like the first time in four or five years that I was able to get all my family in one spot, you know, um, and and you know knowing that that I've been to uh, Georgia, been to school, and so I really couldn't you know see them as much as I you know as I should, and that's really like the first time you know they have, um, I was able to connect with them and see them. What was it like waiting it out until Saturday? Were you nervous or anxious or not oh, so yeah. much? I mean, I, I don't think I was kind of nervous or anxious. You know, I, I just, you know, was, was hoping for a chance, you know, um, just somebody give me a call, you know, that I was able to, you know, show that I'm, um, I'm you know, perfectly healed um, from my accident. Um, you know, obviously I fell down the draft boards because of the accident and things like that, but I really wasn't worried about those things. You know, I know God will work that out and, you know, that, you know, that I will have a shot and a chance. And, and, you know, when I got that call, it felt like I was, you know, the first pick of the first round, uh, obviously, um, I was just excited to be there and, and you know, be, uh, ready to go. When you had the accident, was there ever like a moment where you were afraid that you might not be able to play again? Um, you know, not really, you know, I have a lot of faith in God, you know, just being able to, to come out of any situation, you know, um, just to have a positive outlook on it, you know, immediately I begin to rehab and, and, and get myself back together. I spend a lot of time, you know, uh, on campus, um, you know, in Athens with all my teammates and things like that. And being around those guys made my process kind of easier. Um, definitely being around Coach Smart and, and the whole staff. Um, encouraging me every day, you know, Mr. Ron Corson pushing me, um, 
you know, I had a athletic training there in Athens and just, just having everything, you know, ready to go. That, that was something that I was, you know, looking forward to every day. And so after the accident, it really wasn't a doubt in my mind about how I was going to, you know, do it or nothing like that. Cause I know, you know, that a, a way will be made. Did you hear from Nick Chubb after you got the call? Yeah, um, I, I definitely, uh, I heard Chubb, he sent me a, uh, he sent me a Batman signal on, on, on Instagram. Like, uh, he sent his Batman emoji. So that means, you know, uh, I guess that means he's watching. Was that nice though, to go somewhere where you, you know, somebody at least? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, um, I you know, I definitely made some uh, other friends on the team also, you know, a lot of the, uh, the rookies and things like that, that we go hang out with, but, um, it's definitely good knowing that I have somebody here that I went to school with also. And, you know, and I know real well. Being a guy from Georgia playing for Georgia and you spent, you know, five years there, right? Yeah. I mean, you're beloved by dogs fans and, I could see the support, you know, when you had the accident, when you got drafted. How how do you think you'll reflect back on your time in Athens? Oh, man, that was the best time of my life. Um, honestly, being in Athens, just being, you know, around all the, the great people and the, the things there and learning about the traditions that Georgia have, um, you know, my education, everything that I'm able to stand on the, uh, to this day. You know, I'm very thankful and, um, you know, blessed to be, you know, part of a great fan base like Georgia because I know you know the dogs travel that they're they're, they're going to reach out they want to support on Twitter social media things like that and I can always look for them you know to put a smile on my face was that your dream growing up to play there oh yeah definitely you know um just being you know being being from South Georgia Southeast Georgia you know everybody everybody you know Saturdays doing doing the fall or uh, tuned in into the Georgia Bulldogs there's not really much else going on and, you know, that's why, you know, grew my love for it also, watching. On that same note, um, obviously you've gotten a ton of support from Liberty County and that area as well, both in your accident and recovery. And then since you've gotten drafted, what kind of support have you seen from the people back home throughout all of this? Um, it's, you know, definitely been tremendous, you know, support, you know, and, and just from that, that small area, having all these friends of athletes and positive things going on in our community, you know, from Davion Mitchell winning the national championship to, um, Will Richardson going into like the, um, like the, the sweet 16, um, you know, I, I grew up with those guys, you know, and just to see those guys excel, you know, I, I was really, you know, really proud of my city and the things that we was able to do also, um, you know, my big brother, Raekwon, he's at the Patriots. And, you know, it's just still, it's, it's just so much positivity going on in that area. You know, and, and all of us came to, you know, Liberty County High School at the same, kind of like the same time, a six-year stretch. Um, You know, it's, it's overwhelming and, uh, and oversight uh, and to know that, you know, the people back home, they got a lot of people to root for when they turn the TVs on. So I did a story on that high school basketball team with you and Will and Davion during uh, March Madness, and that had right. to be an insanely talented team. I wasn't here for that, but um, I, I noticed you were rooting Davion on pretty hard during March Madness, and oh, yeah. um, have, you, have you gotten to talk to him now that he's kind of going through the draft process too? And I know it's different, but I'm, I'm sure right. there's still some things that you can help him out with maybe. Oh, yeah, man, me and Davion talk uh, every day, you know, basically that's, you know, I, I grew up with him since I was able, you know, to play sports, recreational ball and things like that. And 
Um, my families and all, we're all connected tight. So, you know, I talk to him almost every day. Uh, uh, I talked to him yesterday, actually. He was, he was sitting courtside of the uh, Lakers-Suns game. So I was, you know, stoked to see him out there, you know, being, being that, uh, you know, seeing his dreams coming true, to, to be able to be in that position also. So whenever, you know, I, I see anybody that I, I know from my, you know, hometown doing good, I'm, I'm rooting them on, you know, 100%. I can't wait you know, to see what we'll do next year also in the March Madness tournament. What's it mean for you to represent Liberty County in the NFL? I mean, it's big. Oh, it's, it's big because not a, not a lot of, you know, things um, from Liberty County has been positive all the time. And, and just to, to turn that around and have that just identity of Liberty County, just knowing that we have a a big pool of athletes out there to, to, to put the, not even, you know, just our area on notice, but just, you know, uh, our school also, just everything that we can do to, to bring positivity into the community. That's a, a plus for us. So what do you guys have going on right now? Like OTAs and stuff? Uh, what What's, yeah. Yeah, um, I get up, you know, early in the morning, get lifting, you know, um, go to meetings, you know, go through OTAs, you know, just like that, just, just making sure I stay you know, staying shaping and staying um, lifting and things like that, getting strong, making sure I improve my game. You feel like the transition's been pretty easy from the college to the NFL level? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, sometimes I have a lot more free time, you know, not having to deal with school and things like that. Uh, sometimes I, I take a nap and I wake up and thinking I'm missing something or something like that during the daytime. I just have, you know, so much free time. I'm not really kind of used to that, so I'm adjusting to that right now. Um, but it, it's overall, man, it's been a good it's been a good transition. You know, I've been able to, you know, find out, you know, get deeper in my playbook and things like that and pay attention to more of the little details that I, you know, that I see now that I'm, I have a little bit more free time. Anything else you would want to say to folks back home or Georgia fans that might watch this? Oh, yeah, man. They're, you know, the, the whole state of Georgia, they know I, you know, I love them and uh, I'm, you know, going hard every day. And uh, I hope they're doing the same every day when they wake up attacking the day like how, uh, like how we know how to do it. Richard, of course, was drafted at pick number 169 in the fifth round of this year's NFL draft. If you want to watch the full story that I did on Richard, you can find it at our website, WTOC.com slash sports, and just scroll down. It'll be right there. The second conversation. Tormenta FC announced earlier uh, this month that they would be starting a women's league to help start the USLW League. And on Thursday, the club became the first in that new league to announce a head coach has been hired. Jim Robbins will serve as the USLW League head coach for Tormenta and the director of their Girls Academy. Uh, he took some time to speak to us as well. So here's a listen to that conversation. Congratulations um, on the position. What? What does this mean to you to have a uh, women's program in addition to the men's program that's already been established? Well, uh, first of all, I guess thank you for that. Uh, yeah, obviously, I can't speak for Darren and Neutral on that, but I know, you know in terms of uh, what they're trying to do at the club level and, and some of the discussions that we've had you know, prior to you know, me coming into to the position at Tormenta, I know they really want to try to, to build out the club I know a key piece or a key addition for them was to have a free professional women's program sort of in the portfolio of teams that they offer down there. You know, give the, the girls and the young women and the women an opportunity to play the game 
you know, at the highest level possible in South Georgia, in Low Country, South Carolina. So I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a critical piece for them. It's coming at a great time, and I know that they, you know, in our talks, they're committed to providing full funding and resources to make the program as successful as it can be to mirror the other programs that they have at the club. How do you envision this team and what it what it could do for the area? Well, I think. Uh, you know, Collectively, I think it's going to be, you know, I hope it'll be a great draw uh, for players you know, to aspire to play the game at that level. And, and hopefully, you know, if I do my job right, you know, we're going to hopefully create that link between playing at the club, high school, college level, and then hopefully have them pass through USL women's team to at one point, you know, get a professional contract uh, either you know, in this country or internationally as the women's game continues to expand and explode and provide opportunities for for female athletes to make money in their sports. Uh, I think that's going to be critical. I also hope that it, it provides a hub for spectators, fans, supporters you know, to come and to rally behind the players in this team uh, and, and provide a, you know, sort of a, a nice piece of entertainment value, I guess, for the area as well. You mentioned women's soccer exploding, and it's an Olympic year. Um, obviously, people really love the U.S. women's national team. How can their success, I guess, help you guys build this build this team in a way. I think every time that they go play and that they're successful, which seems to be almost every time that they play, at least in the last 15, 16, 20 years, you know, I think it just gives you know young girls and, and young women, you know, that that aspiration that, hey, I can do that too. You know, I, I have the ability to play at that level. Look at the opportunities that are afforded me in our sports. Uh, you know, it hasn't always been that way. I know the growth of the women's game has it has gone through the roof in the last 20 to 30 years, and it continues to do that. So I expect that to continue. I, hopefully, you know, the women's team does well again this year and, and can get in the gold medal game and, and take the gold medal again. Um, but even if they don't, just, just watching the, the, those athletes on TV and, and get primetime television coverage, things that they haven't had in the past, I think is, it's a win-win for everybody involved in the women's game. So what are the next steps? Now, we have a coach. What, what happens now? Well, they, they have the franchise. They have their spot in USL women. Now that we have a coach, now it goes to let's start building the roster. Uh, you know, that's, that's really the next step in our discussions. And we've talked loosely about it just in the last couple of weeks. But you know, we're going to go and, and we're going to try to identify players both uh, within the Tormenta Club and in the Tormenta region, uh, as well as outside the region, to see if we can find the players who can help build out that roster to hopefully allow us to hit the ground running, you know, come, you know, in theory, it's May 1st of 2022, but that process will start a lot sooner than that. But, uh, you know, the goals and the aspirations are we want this program to be the gold standard for the league, you know, much like their, their two men's uh, pre-professional teams. So that's, that's sort of been you know, what they want me to do with this program. And, and we're going to go and do whatever we can and work as hard as we can to make sure that we hit the ground running so that when we go play our first game, we're successful. So that we go and get through that first summer. We see ourselves at the top of the table. You know, that's the position that we want to be in from the very beginning, and we hope that we can you know, establish ourselves as the premier club in the league from day one through you know, hopefully five, ten years from now. You say um, identifying players. Are you guys looking at like high school players or high school and collegiate players? I think it's going to be a combination. I think it could be, you know, in my mind, I think it's going to be a mixture of you know, potentially players who have already graduated, you know, from a collegiate program who may or may not be in a geographical area. Uh, I think it'll, it'll also involve players who are playing collegiately. 
uh, probably in the southeast region. Like I said, could be something that expands a little bit more uh, outside of that. And for players who are capable, who we want to help groom and, and get into the culture right away, I think it will also include some high school age players. You know, how young that is, I don't know, but I know we just saw this article last week that there was a 15 or 16 year old you know, out of Texas that uh, I guess was able to pass through you know, some court injunction to get herself uh, an NWSL contract, or at least, I guess, uh, start that process uh, for her at 15. So you know, I'm not going to discount anybody at any age. You know, I think sort of the mantra is if you're good enough, you're old enough, and our job is to go out there and find those players who are good enough. What was the sell for you? Why can women's soccer professionally succeed in Statesboro? I think I, I don't want to say necessarily it's can succeed in Statesboro. I think I think for me it's more of a macro view that you know, I've been involved in the women's game and the girls game for a long time. You know, for for the bulk of my career uh, over the course of the last thirty years, you know, I'm a big supporter, big proponent. You know, I, I just want them to have the opportunity that the men have had for the better part of I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years. You know, in this country, and and you know, to to really be there from the beginning when I first started in 1992, and and see you know, the enforcement of Title IX, and see the growth and the opportunities that they've had, I think this is just next step. You know, now it's you know, we have an NWSL league that is allowing female players to go play for money. You know, you have um, you know whatever's going on with the women's national team. We hope that they get an equal pay lawsuit resolved in a way that. You know, makes sense for all the parties, and I think I think this is just that that next step for you know the female the female soccer player in our country. You know, now there's a bridge between the collegiate game, you know, the handful of teams at their NWSL level. You know, I've been told that there's going to be 30 teams uh, that could populate this league when it starts in 2022. You know, that's a tremendous opportunity, and I think that number is going to continue to expand. Hopefully, that leads to the NWSL expanding you know, the number of teams that they're offering for the, the women to play in. But like I said, it's the opportunity is just fantastic for these girls now, which is great. Like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying it because it's been a critical part of, of my journey for the last 30 years. And I assume you guys are going to share the stadium, too. So that's probably pretty nice that you're going to have like a state of the art stadium when you guys get started. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I've seen the renderings. Uh, Darren took us around to do sort of a site visit when I was down there the other day and you know, just, just the infrastructure that's there and, and like I said, the, the architecture drawings that I saw, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. What a great place to play for, for everybody that's going to be able to play there. Not only the tormented teams, but uh, Georgia Southern teams are going to play there. You know, I think, uh, you know, the soccer-specific stadium is something that's a huge need for anybody in our sport. I mean, I think we could still, you know, we turn on the TV and we still see USL championship teams and some of these other teams playing on baseball outfields and multi-purpose fields with football lines and lacrosse lines and field hockey lines. So I think you know, this is going to be something that, again, separates Tormenta from everybody else in their space, which hopefully is a huge draw for players who really aspire to be professional players. Is there anything else you'd want to add or touch on that I didn't hit? No, I know Bernadette, uh, she reached out to me last night and said, make sure you mention that people go online. Don't be afraid to go and, and put your vote in for naming of the team. Don't be afraid to get in there and start looking at uh, season tickets for next year. So I know those are some of the things that, uh, you know, she's looking to do. We're trying to continue to create a buzz. Uh, I said, it's been not even 48 hours. And, and I've done two interviews that, that it's been 10 years. since the last time I did an interview. So you know, that part's awesome. But like I said, just to, you know, to, to feel, I guess, the passion that's down in that area and, and 
you know, the, the involvement that everybody wants to be, you know, in the club at, at some level. So, you know, if, if you can mention those kind of things, I know Bernadette would be uh, very appreciative. But like I said, we just want people to come out and support the team, support the women that are in the program. You know, they, they need all the love and the support that they can get. Because I, I know we've all been to some of the women's games in the past where it's five people in the stands with your parents and your grandparents. You know, and that's it. But hey, we'd love to fill up 5,200 seats when that stadium gets built for these girls. That would be awesome. I can't wait to cover it. Thank you for taking some time this morning. And we have a story on Robins on our website, WTOC.com slash sports as well. So looking forward to bringing you more content from both of these guys uh, as they continue to make history in very different but very important ways for our area. Uh, so that's all we've got for you this week. Thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing. And if you want to leave us a good review, we wouldn't mind that either. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. 